Greetings, holiday seasons, greetings, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you, to every listener listening. Um, This is Pastor Clayton Hicks with your Sunday recap. I want to thank all of you for tuning in one more time. Thank you for your support of the podcast. Thank you for sharing it with friends and neighbors and loved ones. Um, As we come to the close of this year, we're still um, discussing a season of change. And right now I am on location here at Wissahickon High School. I am with Coach Bruce Fleming, who is the head coach of the football team here at Wissahickon. Um, he is going to talk to us um, and give his own story um, about how he's transitioned, how he's moved during his season of change. We thank God for Sister Aldridge, Sister Tara Aldridge, who shared with us um, her her walk, her story into entrepreneurship. Um, but I know Bruce, um, Tara is a sister beloved, but Bruce is also a brother beloved. And I, um, I know a little bit of his story. I thought it would be great for him to share his story with us um, and with other folks um, who are in the process of a season of change in their lives. Because just because the year is over doesn't mean our changes have stopped. Um, so I'm going to give Bruce an opportunity, a coach Fleming opportunity um, to tell us a little bit about uh, about himself and tell us a little bit about his story. Go ahead, Coach. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Um, you know, being a football coach is something that kind of fell upon me back in in uh, 2004, where you know it was by a by a chance of just helping out a friend down in West Philly as he started his you know youth program. And the coaching bug kind of bit me there and took me on this path as I as I worked my way through. And, you know, it brought me to this point now of, you know, 14 years of putting the work in, um, being able to trust God and, and take a leap of faith and make a career change to make coaching possible. Uh, I, I know I wouldn't have not been able to do that without my belief in him. Um, and to get me to this point now where I'm given the opportunity to try to change around the program here at Wissahickon, and also, you know, try to mold and, and, and help these young men from being mm. young men to once they graduate to being productive young men in society that people can look upon and say they came from a good program, came from a good family, and came from a good community. Uh, so, so now is at a point where it's a lot of different pressures uh, placed upon me as a head football coach where it's not just the X of the nose and what happens on Friday night, but what happens behind the scenes and making sure that all those things are a reflection of myself, my faith in God, my belief in education, and also making sure those young men believe all those same things as well. Um, what what were your dreams and aspirations before this new season occurred in your life? Um, I know that, um, excuse our laugh because Bruce and I go back. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that uh, when we talk about the word, we talk about the people of God coming out of Egypt. Um, their final destination was not just coming out of Egypt, but it was going to a land of promise. Um, so my question for you is, um, how did this come about? You mentioned the 14-year journey, but when you first started uh, with, with football, when you first started with education, I know I'm giving a spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, how did it start off and then how did it morph into what it is today? Um, I mean, I think... You know, back in 2004, it was more so of just helping out a friend as he as he started. You know, working with young young boys uh, in, in West in Overbrook section of West Philadelphia, and as I started to come back more and more and saw the the bright spot that those young men was ha- those young boys were having because most of them 
may have had their fathers in their lives, but a lot of them were coming from single family, single mother homes, and their football coaches was the male influence in their life. Mm. And as I started to grow more and more in that, I decided, you know, I need to be happy, and I need. And what made me happy and seeing seeing young boys become better than what they, what was in their surroundings. And in order to do that was to follow my education and decide to walk away from corporate America. And I tell everyone all the time, I took a $20,000 pay cut to become a teacher. And having a wife and a, and a daughter at home and a, and a house to take care of, that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm. And only by God I'm able to say seven years later, uh, come through that and, and on the right path right now. Uh, it, it was definitely a journey. Not a lot of people will take that journey, take that step, but sometimes you just got to put your hands up and say, God, you, you know where you brought me here so far. I'm going to keep following your lead and take me where, where I need to go. Um, thank you for sharing that part. Thank you for sharing the transition. Thank you for sharing the real part about the, the, the money you left on the table. Because mm-hmm. um, that kind of that leads right into my next question, which is the following. Um, what things did you have to settle in your mind or come to grips with before you started this journey into this new season. Like what? And when I and we see you now at at Wisconsin, but I, when I say new season, you can talk from making the jump from the corporate world or just walking in the doors here. And if you if you don't mind being transparent, bring in the parts of the family aspect because you mentioned being a husband, you mentioned being a father. Um, and, and being the, the caretaker and the protector and the provider um, and the head agape of, not the head, the, the, the kafali meaning you're going in front, making it easy for your wife and your daughter to fly behind you. So what things do you have to, to, to make, to settle in your spirit or in your heart before you said, all right, I'm going to do this. Even with the fact of God, you got it, it's in control. There's that human aspect of mm-hmm. Taking that deep breath. So, so yeah. What things do you have to settle in your mind before you made this jump? Um, I mean, that, that initial jump of knowing that corporate America wasn't where I wanted to be anymore. Mm-hmm. I was good at it. I was successful at it. But the the fact that I could have a, a bigger effect on on other people's lives through 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 coaching and through mentorship, that you know, that kind of you know became that driving force mm. and with that driving force it, it was a good two-year period of just constant discussions with with my wife to say you know this is what I need to do it's going to be a struggle but I know with you here and God here you know we can get through this mm. and you know during that two-year period um, you know I'm going back to school she was back in school as well working on her MBA and, and so we have two two parents juggling a lot and, and also trying to raise a daughter to be God-fearing as well mm. and, and paying for her education, it, it, it all took a toll. Mm. And many sleepless nights, many, many long nights, many long days. Mm. But you know, getting to that point where now I can say, you know what, I'm glad I made that change. Mm. Um, I think the other aspects of, of being in education is seeing the effects of education on you know, our, our, our younger brothers and sisters and, and what they go through. And for me to provide a different perspective of not being a career educator like most of their teachers have been, but being able to give them that real world um, experience and say, okay, hey, yeah, you may not like this particular class, but this is how we can apply it here and there to make you ha- let you know that you're learning it for a reason. Mm. And this is how you can be successful. 
Um, and now being here at Wissahickon, it's, it's, a, it's a different environment from where I used to be at, being in charter schools in Philadelphia or being in Norristown School District. But I, I know I have a purpose to be here, and you know, I'm going to use this purpose as long as I can to provide the change that you know, the kids want to see. I'm, I'm going to go off script a little bit. Um, I'm, you, you mentioned the term being, not being happy um, where you were in corporate America. Um, can you speak to um, that, that feeling in your gut of knowing that this is not where you're supposed to be, even though you set up to be there? Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you set up to be in corporate America, and yet and still there was a, a deeper purpose for you. Um, to, to speak to somebody who's in a situation right now and they know that this is not the thing, but I spent my time in school mm-hmm. to be here. Like I've right. like, you know, and then with some of us is parental pressure. Like mm-hmm. I, I know my parents are expecting me, even once we get grown, right. parents right. are expecting me to be here. The community is expecting me to be here. It's a good position. Um, so how did you balance out that happiness that you didn't feel? Like how did you to own own that feeling in your soul like this is not where it's supposed to be how, how did you wrestle with that I, I think you know being in corporate America as you start to grow you know you, you kind of settle into the financial gains that you get from it and you kind of put aside the the personal you know feelings or your your emotional psyche and, and that goes along with it and I think for myself realizing that where I'm coming home and yes I made a good living but I was, I, I was sad. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel fulfilled. I, I felt like, okay, yeah. what I'm doing was kind of pointless. It was just a number that I'm producing and seeing what, you know, how I could help the bottom line of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as that started to sink in more and more, and I started to realize that, you know, I'm a person where I want to help people, but if I have to, you know, excuse my language, kiss a little butt to, to try to help <laughs> someone, then I, may, I know I'm in the wrong place. Mm. I shouldn't have to do that in order to get somewhere to help someone else. Mm. Um, so that's when I kind of realized that, you know, corporate America is not that spot and I need to go somewhere else. And obviously education is where, even though it's looked down upon, but the people that really, you know, need need the help are the, the next leaders of our, of our world that kind of want to have that education bestowed upon them no matter how you present it to them we you you mentioned and i hope our listeners picked up on it you mentioned a 14-year career um so you've been at this for 14 years um and often miss uh sister tara talked about um the process it took for her to get to a stable place of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. um and when we talk about coming into a new season Oftentimes, a new season takes handling a hard portion mm-hmm. of a hard season. So you talked to us about the difficult part about leaving um, the corporate job. Talked about the difficult part of balancing life with your wife, um, your daughter. But talk to the listeners about the hard season of year one to year 14. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind sharing how many doors were closed <laughs> before you got to head coaching position yep. here. Because it wasn't... It wasn't start off in West Philly and head coach, head coach, head coach, head coach, and you just landed. There, there were a lot of detours. There were a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. There were because it was sleepless nights with corporate America, right. but it's also sleepless nights with once you walked in your purpose. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we think, oh, we figure out what it is we want to do, 
then you know the floodgates open and we just walk into six figures and it's there. Right. But that's not the case. So so share a little bit or a lot about about the coaching journey. Uh, the coaching journey, you know, that first year, you know, being with you know guys that, that I'm friends with, it was kind of easy. But once I realized of going up to the next level, which was high school, and seeing where to go from there, um, it, it became a, a, a place of who do you know, not really more so about your background and, and how well you, you can coach a particular position. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I mean, I'm great friends. He's a mentor to me now, but, you know, the head coach at you know Norristown previously that hired me as the freshman head coach, he told me years later that, you know, he wasn't going to hire me because, you know, at the time I had dreadlocks. Mm. And he wasn't going to do that. And, and he just didn't want to – it is something about it that he didn't like. And But regardless of my background, but – I knew that was my calling to be there, mm. and I became persistent. I did where I just called him and called him and called him. Then he finally allowed me on, and you know, to this day we hang out, we talk, and he said you were one of the best hires I ever mm. made. But you know, that experience let me know that sometimes if I want something bad enough, I have to be persistent at it, mm. and I have to keep working at it. Um, then from that point, when I thought I was ready for a head coaching job, I before landing the head coaching job here at West Hick, and I must have went on at least five or six different head coaching jobs at different places within Montgomery County and, and Chester County. And having great interviews, having the athletic director, liking my plan, my vision, uh, what I could bring to the table, but still having the door shut shut uh, on me for them to hire someone that might have been had more experience, or in some cases, they, just, they were close friends with the athletic director and mm-hmm. were able to get through that position. Um, but sometimes you have to push through if you know this is what you want to do. Mm. Um, you know, the, every door is not going to open. Some doors are going to crack, allow you to peek in, but they're going to close right back on you again. You can't let that deter you. You have to constantly, you know, rely on your faith and know that this is the path that was chosen. This is the path I want to go on. And this is the way I need to keep moving in order to reach that goal. And even coming here to Wissahickon and how I got to Wissahickon was I interviewed for the head coaching job, but at the time they decided to let the athletic director be the head football coach, and but they liked me as a teacher mm-hmm. and wanted me to talk with him to see if I w- was willing to come on and be an assistant coach, even though I, I interviewed for the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. And from that point, you know, because the teaching position was offered with it, I decided to take that chance and, you know, being the person that I am and my work ethic allowed me to get to the point where I am, I am now. But I think if not for those other six doors that were, were closed, I think this journey would be very different. Cause I could have easily could have given up and say, just stick at the, at the youth level and go back down and not try to move forward. Was there a point um, where you felt like turning around, and how, how did how did your faith handle this season? Like, was was there a point where you were sitting in the room like, okay, I can go back to corporate right now, and and the, the itch will go away? Like, I like that. I, I tried it; it was on the table. Um, so that's that's one part of it. That's mm-hmm. that's the humanistic part. Yep. Um, but the, 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 the theological part is your relationship with, with God. Because there are times when, when we believe, okay, Lord, you have me here, and it doesn't break right away, and you got to have some hard conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, okay, I believe you gifted me to this. You put me here, but dude, it ain't opening yet. 
and rents due, mortgage due. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're calling me here, but you also can provide over here with corporate world, and I can watch football on Sundays. Now I'm not, I'm right. not, make, I'm not making light of right. of your gifting, but I'm saying those are that's real talk when. Mm-hmm. Um, when our wives have the expectation of, of providing, you know, right. with like all that, all the pressure that comes in, and a lot of the stuff happens in our heads because your wife may not even think about that. Mm-hmm. But in your head, as a man, you know, like like how was your faith, and then um, how was your faith, and and how did you get through those moments? Um, I think in the early years when I switched over to education, uh, you know, one walking away from that, you know, that money on the table. Uh, and the, the first teaching job was not even a certified position, but it was an emergency certified position. So there was mm. no guarantee that I'll be brought back on the following year, mm. which I wasn't. Mm. And then to move on to another charter school where uh, it wasn't the best of situations, but it was something I needed to take because I needed to provide for my family. Right. And, you know, at that point of seeing just the obstacles that kept coming up with this with this choice, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth on my own. Like, was this really mm-hmm. the right direction I should have made? Did, did I do the right thing for my family? Uh, was I being selfish mm-hmm. and, and making this jump? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, as I sat back and, you know, made that hour and a half commute to that charter school in, in Northeast Philly um, every day, and you have a lot of time just to think and to, to contemplate what's going on in your life. And, you know, I think, I think, I think only by the grace of God where a position opens up in Norristown, which is only 10 minutes from my home, mm. and to have a friend as a coach say, hey, this is opening up, I'll put a call in so you, so you can get an interview and to get that spot. I could have easily turned around three months before then and say, I'm going back to corporate America to stick it out for that additional three months, God opened the door. And so that at that point, I realized, okay, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how much I want to know what's right and say, okay, I'm, I know I'm supposed to wait. I know your favor is going to come, but it's not coming fast enough. Mm, yeah. That, that, that kind of showed me, like, you know what? I got to put my horses on. Mm. It's going to come when it comes and just be ready when, it, when, it, when you're ready to answer. And, you know, I kind of sometimes I think about, you know, you know, just do a movie reference of of uh, Color Purple at the end with Suge Avery singing. You know, God's trying to tell you something. Sometimes you just gotta listen, cause some, cause if not, if you don't listen, you, you know, you don't know what God's trying to tell you. Talk, sir. And and so <laughs> at some point, you know, you just gotta yeah. you just gotta shut up, mm. listen, and say, okay, you tell me this for a reason, or you put it in front of me three, four, or five times. Mm. Okay, let me listen now. Mm. Let me see what see what direction you're trying to take me to go. Um, two, a couple more questions before we wrap up, man. Thank you, thank you for sharing so much with us this this today. Um, where did you find your hope at again? Like, where where did you where, where did you get up from the mat and where did you find that light again? Um, uh, I, I think it was, you know, my 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 walk with 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 the crisis. You know, as everyone says it's not it's not a straight path. It's it's been you know up and down where I questioned a lot of things. Uh, but you know, I've been married for eleven years now, and my wife is, has a very strong faith. And I think you know seeing that in her and her family, you know, allowed me to um, 
recenter myself mm. and to to really trust trust God more and to see you know the directions on where He wants me to go. And I think the biggest thing was you know putting my daughter into that Christian school um, and seeing her growth in God and me participating and being an active parent inside of her school allowed me to be in, you know around other very strong you know God fearing men that allowed that allowed me to see that you know what. There's more to my life than, than what's here, and that I really need to, you know, put myself in positions to be okay to profess my faith out in, in front of folks. You know, it's not an easy thing for me, um, but well, when the time is right, not be afraid to share it, mm-hmm. not not be afraid to show it. You know, that's kind of one of the things that, as becoming a head football coach, one of the first thing I asked my parents was, "Are you okay with me praying with your sons mm-hmm. before every single game?" and and as the season went on, my player, my players looked forward to that before every single game. Even if, even if time was short for us to start the game, they say, "Coach, are we going to pray?" Mm-hmm. No problem. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think being around the right people um, kind of brought me back to where I know I needed to be. Last question, Coach. Coach Bruce Fleming, what's next for you? What's next as you now? This is this is your first full year you just had, right? Yep, I just finished my first. So full after year. your first full year, what's what's next for you in the season of change that you're in, good brother? Uh, I mean, I think right now, as uh, you know, I, I I work to to rebuild this program here, of you know, helping these young men develop a work ethic to change the football program, but also showing them that there's more to more to life than just football. That you have to have a plan no matter what you do. Um, so that's one of the things I'm doing here, you know, with the school and, and with these young men here, part of the football program. But also, you know, you know, as, as my daughter's faith has grown even more, you know, there's times I, I follow her lead, mm. where she wanted us to do, you know, a family, you know, Bible study, where, you know, using the Bible app, and she uses it on her tablet. She sends she sends us Bible ver- images every single morning when she wakes up so mm. i look forward to those things when i see that email come come through from her and the scriptures that she picks yeah. without myself or my wife it is whatever's on her heart that's what she does mm. and, that, and that's been a great feeling we thank you uh coach for spending time with us thank you for sharing your story um thank you for being uh transparent um, with the ups and downs. We thank God that he has you at this place, has you at Wissahickon to change lives, um, to impact the entire community through football, and probably even more than that, especially when it comes to your faith. Um, we pray for your family, um, your wife and your daughter um, as they continue on that journey with you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another podcast of Sunday Recap. This has been Pastor Clayton Hicks. We have a couple more. I know the year is almost out. We're going to try to get a couple more in, a couple more interviews in uh, as people talk about their seasons of change. But thank you for your support. Share this podcast with a friend, with a loved one, with a neighbor, with an enemy. Everybody needs this help. Everybody needs this word. Everybody needs it in a practical format. Uh, Take care. If I don't talk to you before Christmas, have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.